look at your current systems. Are your Is your team following them? And if they are following them and they're still not working, then it's time to revamp that system. If they are not following them, <laughs> it's a great time to reintroduce them to those systems and have some accountability for them, right? A lot of doctors say, I have an SOP manual, I have everything written down, but nobody ever looks at it. It might just mm -hmm. be a binder on a shelf somewhere or a file that nobody really looks at. They have to be reviewed consistently to make sure that they're working. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome to another episode of Growth in Dentistry. I'm Katie Polson, and we have a wonderful episode coming up on just continuing our conversation on systems at work for the new year. It's 2023, and a lot of you have a lot of things on your mind about what to do, uh, how to how to rework or revamp. It's a it's a good time to do it, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, in in coming up in the show today. Uh, we have a great guest that we'll, I'll, I'll introduce to you in, in, in just a little bit, but I want to welcome those that are first-time listeners to the show. Welcome. So glad to have you here. Uh, the, these shorter episodes of our, our, our growth series episodes, we talk to some consultants, key opinion leaders, uh, industry leaders in, in, in the dental space and tackle problems in 30 minutes with giving you some key, uh, key advice that you can tackle and get going on. So that's, that's the goal with this episode. There are other episodes that I would love for you to check out. We've got some, some episodes that are uh, DSO or group focused. And we also have some awesome episodes called deep dive episodes that uh, we talk for an hour with practices much like yours uh, that are in the top 10% of some of our metrics and talk about how they got those metrics and the story behind um, the way that they excel. So some really great information for you to go check out. Uh, if you are uh, not a current customer of dental intelligence and you want to be one or you want to see how this software can help your practice, we'd encourage you to go to get dot, uh, sorry, get.dentalintel.net forward slash podcast. That link will be in our show notes. And when you complete a demo with that link, you'll get $50. So, um, that without further ado, oh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of breathing, but we're, I gotta get, I gotta get done quick. Cause we got a lot to talk about. I want to introduce you to Michelle Afon. Oh my gosh, you guys, I practiced and I still forgot it. Michelle, I'm going to have it. Have you say your last, it's such a great Italian last name. Afonato. Yep. I got it. Uh, from affinity management. It's, it's awesome. She's at, based out of Boston uh, or out of South side of Boston, Massachusetts. And we're grateful to have her. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Katie. I'm so excited. To yeah. Be here today. So, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and how you ended up in dentistry and tell us about affinity management. <laughs> Ironically, I never wanted to go into dentistry. It never crossed my mind. Uh, but when I was 15, my mom was like, you need a job. <laughs> so she like was friends with the local uh, dentist's office manager. Mm -hmm. She gave me a job part-time going in on Saturdays and Sundays, filing and pulling charts. And I just started to work my way up from there, worked at the front desk, went to school to be a dental assistant, became like the treatment coordinator and eventually the office manager. And I kind of worked my way up and out of the office and started doing consulting. Um, I was really drawn to startups 
So I spent, you know, the last six years only working with startup practices, which was really rewarding for me. But while I was doing that, I realized like I still needed more. So about a year ago, I went out on my own and created Affinity Management Consulting. And now I work with practices of all ages. Um, but one of the things that I've really been focusing on lately because of everything that's going on in the industry is helping to onboard new employees and helping the doctors to revamp their systems. Awesome. Yeah, that seems like to be a very, a big, uh, I, I love that you see that pain point in the, in the industry and that you're trying to fulfill those needs. Cause I think a lot of people are fulfilling, filling that, um, as they hire outside of maybe their, um, typical hiring pool and trying to hire uh, or onboard, um, people that might be new to dentistry or new to the field, or even new to a position within, if within the practice, um, and, and, or, or working with less staff, right. And having to like, <laughs> clean up their system. So I'm excited to get in into this with you. And also we have the same, like the same background a little bit. I mean, like <laughs> I went, went different paths, but I started working in the dental practice when I was 15 too. And I had no desire at all to be in dentistry, <laughs> but my dad was a dentist and he had a lot of scanning to do to go digital. <laughs> so I spent my weekdays after school scanning files. So, and doing all of the, all of the sterilization. So I, I love I love that we have that same, same in common. Um, okay. So hiring and, and this is, I wish that we could just be done talking about this topic. <laughs> I agree <laughs> because it's constant. Um, but, but, you know, actually we had, I had Paul Edwards on last week and uh, he's from Cedar HR and he, and he said something that was really great. And I, and I think that it applies here as well is that you should always be hiring, like just to never get out of that mindset. And I think that I think people will have learned a lot through this, through this volatile time. But what advice do you have for practices that as they are in starting 2023 are hoping to ease that like labor burden that they have had for a while? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a couple things. One, I, I agree with Paul on that one uh, to always be hiring. I encourage if, if you have the availability to be overstaffed because you never know when someone's just going to walk out the door or if people are going to be sick and how that affects your practice. So I do encourage a lot of practices to maybe have one or two more people than they really think that they need because it will work out. It will mm -hmm. work out. Um, the second thing that I tell people is try to automate <laughs> or outsource as much as you possibly can mm. um, because those people will always be there. They're not going to call in sick. So that has been a big help to be able to do that. Like using a lot of the features that dental intelligence has, has been helpful with like online scheduling or the payments, anything like that to take the burden off of some of your existing team members yeah. is really beneficial. Yeah. Those are, those are two really good pieces of, of advice. And as I guess, as you were talking for some reason, the idea of cross training popped into my head too. And that's not something that I really thought of, but had before, but, um, I'm sure that there's a lot of dental assistants in your practice who would love to know how to do something else or vice versa. Right. So that may be helpful to them. Um, awesome. Some, some really great advice. So what are, what are, I guess, um, you've managed and you've helped startups and now you're moving into helping practices of all ages and, and helping with their systems. 
what are some um, areas of opportunities, I would say, not mistakes, um, when it comes to managing a dental team that you see most common? Yeah. So usually when I hear doctors saying that things aren't going right with team members, it's not necessarily the team member. It's a flaw in the system that they have. So I always say to start there, look at your current systems. Are your, is your team following them? And if they are following them and they're still not working, then it's time to revamp that system. If they are not following them, <laughs> it's a great time to reintroduce them to those systems and have some accountability for them, right? A lot of doctors say, I have an SOP manual. I have everything written down, but nobody ever looks at it. It might just mm -hmm. be a binder on a shelf somewhere or a file that nobody really looks at. They have to be reviewed consistently to make sure that they're working. If all your systems are in check and your team members are not following it, then you have to have some discussions with them about how you want things done and maybe make decisions on, are they coachable? or is it time to move on from them? Mm, yeah. Do you have advice on Cause I think that's probably, I think there's a lot of practices that have some sort of SOP they've taken the time they've, or they paid someone to put, put it together for them. Um, how, like, what advice do you have on like how often those should be reviewed or, or some systems to put in place so that they get reviewed by the team members? Hopefully that question makes sense, but so I know everybody has like a different schedule for team meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Some people meet regularly once a month. Some people meet weekly. Um, and I know some people even have like larger meetings on a quarterly basis. T break the systems down. It's too much if you try to go over them all at one time. So I usually say if you have a monthly meeting, pick one or two systems to evaluate. Mm -hmm. That way you're doing it all throughout the year and they're getting you know, updated annually, yeah, but not all at once. Yeah. That's great advice. I, I think, um, they meet about the things that are current problems in their practice or a birthday or whatever, you know, they have all the <laughs> things that they do in the, in their team meeting, but taking a look at a section of their SOP and going through that. And it also, like you said, might help them to update it. Right. Right. Is that, you know, the team members might be like, well, this isn't relevant anymore. We don't use this matrix or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Awesome. That's great advice. It's not something I'd have thought of before. Um, okay. So any other missed opportunities before we move on? Yeah. It, as you're hiring new team members, the onboarding process is really, really important. And it doesn't matter if you're hiring somebody that is new to dentistry, mm -hmm. they need extra TLC. Or even if you're hiring somebody that has worked in the industry for a long time, like you have to make sure you properly onboard them. It takes the average person like 60 or 90 days to really understand how a practice works, right? Everybody has different software. Every doctor wants things done different. They all schedule mm -hmm. differently. The way they collect payment is different. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you train somebody. I have over 30 years of experience. And if I were to walk into another office, it would take me some time to really understand how that practice works. So don't just assume because their resume says they have a lot of experience that they know how you want things done in your practice. Mm-hmm. When it comes to somebody that is never been in dentistry before, you have to start at the beginning. Don't just throw them in. Go to the beginning and explain the why 
behind what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about like basic procedures, the things that they're going to be seeing all day long. Don't just say when you're scheduling a cleaning appointment, we put a periodic exam, a profi and four bite wings. Yeah. yeah. So the onboarding process is just as important as making sure that you have the systems in place. What advice would you have, I guess, for a practice that, I mean, I, I, a lot of people find themselves in a place, especially people, uh, practices that we come in contact with that use dental intelligence are typically a lot of high performing practices. They do a lot of dentistry and they are very busy. Um, I guess, what advice do you have for those practices that just like would say, I don't have time to onboard or train? There's people out there. There's people out there that can help you. There's some great programs, pre-recorded videos that you can have them watch, or even some live programs. Um, you know, to give myself a little plug, I created a new to dental boot camp, which mm-hmm. is a two-week intense onboarding training for any uh somebody that's new to dentistry or has very little experience. Oh, okay. So utilize, there's plenty of resources out there. There's plenty of people out there that offer it. And most doctors and and office managers don't have time Mm -hmm. to train them. So utilize the resources that are out there. Yeah, that's good advice. And something that I have not, I didn't really, I mean, think about it. I mean, I think most people think of the common, the common, you know, like assisting school, right. And then beyond that, but there's really no training for treatment, treatment coordinators or office managers. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. Although ADOM has some great resources for your office managers um, and, and even treatment coordinators, I I encourage them to be involved with that as well. So um, as practices are, um, have rounded out, are rounding out their end of the year and they're looking to prepare for 2023 or they're in 20 we're in 2023 but I guess what advice do you have looking at um 2023 and preparing for the year what advice do you have um for practices to get them off on the right foot so this is the perfect opportunity for you to take a look at your why (laughs) why are you doing this like what is your vision are you sticking to your vision for your practice because I find a lot of people go off track right? They get so busy and then they forget about like why they're actually there, why they bought this practice, why they started this practice. And then the team forgets too. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets a little bit complacent. So we want to make sure that we're reevaluating our why and making sure that everybody on the team understands what it is. Yeah. It's a great time to, to sit down with them at the end of the year and have them set goals, mm-hmm. personal and professional goals for the practice and as individuals. We want people to be able to grow within the, the, the practice. Mm-hmm. And by them growing individually, it helps the practice be more profitable and more efficient and increase the revenues. Yeah, I love that. I would say, and I'm, we talked about this on the show before, but- the like in creating it like what I what I like to term lifers in a practice, you know, um, where they and and you and I are great examples of this, right? Starting at 15 and then, you know, doing all the other positions in the practice, um and and growing up within the within the practice, right? We started at a very young age, but we started 
very small, but there are other people that might be you know, older, but new to the new to new to the practice. But that being said, when you offer growth opportunity within your own practice of learning and not just monetary, I think in my, I believe that it can create a life or experience in your practice. Right. Like you're saying, and I love that. I love that advice of that you're giving of, of goals and of personal and professional goals for each, each, uh, employee. I think sometimes we get into like dental, dental assistants, right. They, or, or some, or even like the entry level positions in a practice can sometimes feel like, um, their only goal is to make money, right? Like they're just to pay their rent and that might be okay for now, like to recognize that, right? Like that's okay. If, if your yeah. only goal is you're right, you don't have to have a crazy goal for the professional, like for, for a professional goal right now, or a goal for the life of the practice. Right. But, um, meet them where it, they are. It can be something as simple as, you know, learning a new skill or being better at taking digital scans mm-hmm. or, you know, feeling more confident when they're talking to patients about why you're your business is not in network with a certain insurance company. It doesn't have to be huge, huge goals. I mean, I have seen people say like, by the end of the year, I want to like have gone back to school and start like, you know, yeah, furthering my education. That's fine, but it can be just something simple. So ask your team of like two to three things that they would like to see themselves improve upon. Mm-hmm. And then two to three things that they think the practice could improve upon. Mm. And it's really eye-opening for the doctors on like what the team thinks the practice can improve upon because many times they they think opposite <laughs> of mm-hmm. what the doctor's thinking. And yeah. then it, it is a great thing for the, the doctor and the office managers to know what the employee, what the team member wants to improve upon, because then you can support them and you can help them to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that helps to create those lifers because yeah. they feel like, you know, they feel empowered and they feel supported and that's what people want right now. Awesome. Yeah. I think for sure, especially since the pandemic started, we've, we've had a major shift in like culture and like team and trying to build a a group of of individuals that want to stay because nobody wants to be, I mean, although we want, we are constantly hiring and nobody wants to be in that crisis mode of trying to, you know, replace someone that's been there for 20 years. It's so painful. (laughs) It is. It is. Well, it's been, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. I'm going to ask you the last question we ask everybody and it's because it's important to dental intelligence. Growth is, is, um, means something different to everyone. And, uh, we want to know what growth and dentistry means to you. So growth and dentistry means to me is you can never stop learning. (laughs) So like take all that CE, learn, implement it in the practice. It helps the practice grow. It helps you grow as an individual, but I would have thought after being in dentistry for so long that I would get bored Mm -hmm. and I don't, I learn something new every day. I tap into all the resources that I have. I'm constantly taking webinars. I'm constantly learning new things and talking to new people. And I find myself every year setting goals so that I can grow in my business, in my knowledge of dentistry. So just don't become complacent. Growth means like growing the business and getting more patients and more revenue, but it also means growing yourself and seeing what else you can accomplish. I love that being an active learner. It takes effort to be an active learner. (laughs) You have to put yourself in that position to want to learn. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, good for you. I've, it's been such a joy. If people want to get a hold of you or use your services, that boot camp sounds really intriguing. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Um, my website is affinitymanagement.co. Mm -hmm. If you go on there, there's information about the boot camp and other services there. And I'd love to chat with you a little bit about what's going on in your practice. Awesome. I'll I'll make sure to add that uh, link also to our show notes, as well as our link for um, getting a demo with dental intelligence if you'd like to. Um, and next time we'll have you talk about automation systems because we because yeah. we just ran out of time a little bit more, <laughs> but we'd, I'd love to to get some of your advice on how you auto used automation in your practice. So um, you can find those links and all the other, other links to um, in our show notes. I already said that. Sorry for repeating myself, people. It's a great day. Um, thank you to our marketing department for all of our work on this podcast. I'm Katie Polson. Keep growing.